You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Welcome to the Horse Ownership Experience. It is Tuesday, February 11th. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner at Little Red Feather Racing Club. With me, as always, from Parts Unknown, Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Billy. Where and are today you? I'm in Barn 15. Barn 15 at Santa Our Anita. Barn. How is the, yeah, uh, Santa Anita. How, how's the barn looking? Barn is looking good. We're just uh, doing some night stables right now, so everyone's getting their stalls cleaned and fed, and I'm letting the kids walk around and pet all the horses which is their favorite part of the day of we just got back from riding the colts at the farm so uh, it's you a have, horsey day today you have the busiest days i mean uh, you never you stop have no idea i, I do know. especially like monday wednesday friday we've got uh olivia's got school so i have to like get up and get her ready to school and drop her off and then do all my stuff and then you know pick her up so we have to add all that to it Two kids at gymnastics, four days at work, the radio show. I mean, Colts at the farm. It's crazy. It is crazy. But you know what? You love what you do, and that means you're excited every morning when you wake up. Isn't that true? That is true. Absolutely. We have a great uh, show today. We're going to talk to Sean Duggan. And Sean is a bloodstock agent, racing manager, owner. owner for she is married to the great Neil Drysdale, who is Sir uh, Neil Drysdale. Sir, I call him uh, Surreal Neil. Uh, <laughs> he's a Kentucky Derby winner uh, with um, uh, Spus- Derby, yeah, Fusachi Pegasus. Oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about Fupeg. 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 That was Neil that's Drysdale. Crazy. So we're going to talk to Sean coming up in about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Michelle and I are just going to okay. recap what happened in the world of horse racing last week. Oh, my gosh. So much. We have so, so much, much to talk about, including, I'm sure, can we do a little bite on the uh, NHC? Because that was kind of fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. you want to start with that? Sure. So NHC went to Thomas Goldsmith who uh, scored with Gringotts, if anyone is a Harry Potter fan. Actually, that horse is geniusly named, by the way. He's by Central Banker, and Gringotts is the troll-run bank in Diagon Alley and Harry Potter. So I would have absolutely bet on that horse, and I'm glad that uh, Thomas did. Are you a Harry Potter fan, Michelle? Harry Potter fanatic. Are you really? Yes. I would have never guessed that. Do you know I'm like dying to claim Gryffindor just because I want to have the horse in my barn? <laughs> Gryffindor. I mean, he's got two if anyone wants to claim Gryffindor 50 50 with me next time he runs, he's a 12 5 non 2. He's got two conditions left. Uh, I would love to. Okay, just for the name. That, that'd be a smart move. Well, no, no. He he actually, he he is legit. Like, we should claim him for sure. Okay. All right. Very good. <laughs> Plus, I'm a Ravenclaw. Yeah, and, and it looked, let's go back to the NHC for a minute, and great job okay. by everybody involved. It looked like a really fun event. I've, I've only read and heard that it was very organized. The room at Bally's was terrific. Well, I guess the room at Bally's looked terrific. I haven't been for a couple of years, but the last time I went, the room was a little, like, dark and crowded, and yeah. they had, like, the big the big TVs up in the middle, like when you go to like a yeah. like a sporting event and it's got them hanging down from the ceiling. I thought that was great, and you know they had the sound up. It looked really really well done. 
from a technical standpoint. Uh, good job by Michelle Ravencraft and everybody at uh, NTRA. It looked like a fun event. I know eight hundred. Who 800- was the highest scoring Little Red Feather? Oh, that's a great question. We had a bunch of people who did not do very well, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, Jeff Vandry, I know you were there. Joe Rosen, who's always in those contests. Gary Fenton was there. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't think any of them fared very well th- at this year's I don't think any of our Santa Anita but fared very well either. We're doing something really cool, Michelle, and, and this will come out in the next, hopefully, week or so. Uh, we're, we're going to do our own tour, the Little Red Feather Tour. Okay. And you have to be a Little Red Feather owner and you will get, okay. there'll be seats available at the table at the, you know, at the uh, NHC final uh, table, not final table, but the contest in uh, right. Las Vegas next year. And it's going to be really cool. We're going to do a so year long thing. Qualifiers. Yeah. With, we're in partnership with the NHC. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. We, you know, look. Do I get honorary? Do I get an honorary? Uh, I think seat? you might have to buy a horse. <laughs> 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 so NHC, good job, everyone. Uh, uh, I think it's great for the handicappers. I'm not a big fan of that; those say, kinds of contests. Okay, it's, it's the it's a two dollar mythical win place wager. So, are you do you prefer live money contests? Yes, and and I'll tell you okay. why. And this is not a knock on anyone who participates in these contests because I think they're awesome and I have great respect for anyone who can do this. But my, my thing is, it I find that you have to be better be lucky than a good handicapper and mm-hmm. and i i think probably there are so many good handicappers in these contests so take this all with a grain of salt but a lot if you start to get behind all you're doing is betting you know picking long shots long picking shots, long shots right. picking long shots and if you get lucky and hit a couple of them you well, know that cap this year on the on the long shots right i know but i think there, and there were two cap horses that hit i think the the strategy of the live contest and knowing how to bet and where to go all in and betting a big mm-hmm. daily double and and knowing how much of your bankroll to use i think that those are a little more i don't want to say skillful but i like right. that aspect better than just having to do that the one drawback to the live money right is at some point like okay say someone like me like I'm not a thousand dollars a race handicap, right? And it, even if you qualify for something that ends up being a live money tournament, and you had that money in your bankroll. It is hard for me to swallow to make like a thousand dollar wager. I right? totally that's get not it. How I bet? I think and you that's are. What you have to do to win. I think you're 100 percent right. I think there, like I said, there's pros and cons, and maybe we'll have uh, Peter Pete Fornatel on one day. I went on his podcast mm-hmm. recently, and maybe we'll have him come on and talk about the different strategies of these different maybe contests. Maybe they could have like one of each. Like maybe they could have a live money and a, a traditional. That'd be interesting. Format. That's a good idea. I'm gonna pitch that. All right. Okay. Well, and there were some big, big um, derby okay, implications huge this week. Yeah. Yes. So I was on Fox this uh, Saturday. So I saw I got you to cover a lot of these live. You were uh, great on air. You were great, by oh, the way. Thank you. That was uh, me getting into the studio. I don't know the last. I don't think I've sat at like a desk with other people doing like live cover racing like that since. I mean, I did a couple for Breeders' Cup, but it's been a while. Well, you so couldn't tell. I thought I thought you did very well. It was you and Gary Stevens, I believe. Yes, and who it was. Else? And uh, Greg, Greg and Greg Wolf, who you've known forever, who we were yes. big Greg Wolf fans back in the TVG days. Right. Okay. Um, so we covered the San Vicente, the Sam F. Davis, the Last Virginist, the Endeavor, the Tampa Bay, the Suncoast, the Jimmy Wingfield, and the King Cotton. Where do you want to start, Billy? Well, I think we want to start with the biggest race just from a purely uh, – uh, interest-based standpoint, and that would be Nadal in the San Vicente. Okay, no derby points on the line in the San Vicente. 
but we had the return of Storm the Court, who was last year's two-year-old champion based on his win in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And then we had Nadal, who had just recently broken his maiden from the barn of Bob Baffert. And honestly, it was a really great race, but it had nothing to do with Storm the Court. It was Nadal and Ginobili throwing down. It was a really good race. Uh, Nadal, really good Nadal's race. owned by in a in a uh, partnership of many, including our good friend uh, Mark Matheson, George Bolton. George Bolton, who was on our show at Del Mar. Remember when we had George in? Yes, that was in fun. the office. Yeah, we got to do that again. We'll have George back on. Uh, but Nadal, obviously named after the tennis player Rafael Nadal. Is that Rafael Nadal? Rafael Nadal? Is that his name? Rafael Nadal, yeah. Right. And uh, Carrie Radcliffe, who's been on our show, yes. named him. She also named Gronkowski. Yes, yes. We had a little Twitter war going. Um, listen, Nadal, if you saw him in the paddock, he is a monster of a horse. I mean, he is big and strong, and he's obviously very fast. The question will be how far can he go, but this was obviously a, a great step for him towards the, his next, you know, his two-turn debut, which surely will be next. And... Um, just Baffert's got another monster on his hand. Kudos to Richie Baltus, Slam Dunk, and uh, Ginobili, uh, who who gave Nadal fits and actually took the lead at one point early in the stretch before Nadal and Joel Rosario battled back. Mm-hmm. Is there a stronger jockey than than uh, right? Joel Rosario? Than Joel. Is there, yeah, Michelle? He's a great finisher. I have to say, the people that are like kind of criticizing the whole situation with Nadal, like not Please. by ten or. I mean, first of all, please, right? Second please. of all, um, they went so fast over a track that has been here recently. Very, very hard to get over and tiring. I mean, it's deep. Charlotte. Sorry, my dog is uh, down the Bob Baffert <laughs> She's like, like at Nadal's stall Charlotte. Right now. Yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte is talking to Nadal. Nadal. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Nadal right now. Oh, you are um, you? Nice. <laughs> we're in the barn next to Bob Baffert. So the the people that are like naysayers right now, come on. That was his second career out. Seven furlongs is a testing distance. Back in three weeks. And I, I think he went in, insanely good, and I think Ginobili also ran lights yeah, out. Yeah, and, and Richie Baltus has come out and said Ginobili's not necessarily on the triple crown trails. He, he thinks he's right. more of a sprinter, which is fine. What's wrong with having a really nice Nothing. three-year-old sprinter? Nothing you have races all. like the Why King's not? Bishop. I told Rui, Rich and I talked about it, going to the King's Bishop or something like that. I've met, maybe we'll have Nick mm-hmm. Casado back on from Slam Dunk. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to all the uh, connections for Nadal. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he is actually in the future book. He closed as the f- favorite at 8-1 to one, other than the... What? Yeah, other than... The all other three year old, which was the the field, Uh, he was eight to one, and uh, Tis the Law was eight to one. So that's where you are on the Kentucky Derby Trail. And then we had another big Um, race at Tampa Bay Downs, which saw the the undefeated Sam uh, Sam, Sam F. Davis had the undefeated Independence Hall. And Michelle, he did not win. He did not win. And that was a very okay. So the whole situation with him was they were worried about how he was going to act in the paddock because he was so bad before the Jerome and he doesn't break and then he's green in the stretch he's got a lot, a lot of mental issues and he was pretty good in the paddock um before the sam f davis but they didn't go very fast up front and no for they did reason, no they did go fast he didn't go he didn't get up on the front sorry he I'm, was I'm he was sit, yeah he was he sitting was, in third about two lengths front, off the lead but he, but he was, looked very relaxed okay you can say he looked very relaxed i but thought this so this is a horse to me that I feel like wants to be a little more free running. Okay. And the jock had him pretty much bent in two. Like he yes. looked like he had draw reins on. Agreed. His head was completely down. And he was kind. He wasn't fighting the hold on him by any means. 
But like when you take a horse out of doing their job, I feel like that leaves you with a lot less horse later. It's definitely a possibility. Uh, owned in a partnership with Eclipse. Um, he was undefeated going in. He's not anymore. I think he has, he may have distance limitations, Michelle, and we may have seen that. But let's give credit to the winner, and that's a great story in itself, Michelle. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was a great story. Sorry, Sol Volante. Um, Sol Volante. Is it Sol or Sole? Sol. Okay, Sol Volante for Patrick Biancone. And this colt is a Caraconti. This is an awesome story, actually. Yeah, so his I know. first two career starts have been on turf, and this will be his first dirt start, right? Well, Andy Biancone, who is Patrick's daughter, she gallops for him. She's his assistant. She went to the sales, the OBS sales, with Patrick and fell in love with this colt. They were able to buy him for only $20,000, and he gave him to Andy for, his for her birthday. Yep. Since then, they have gotten some partners, including Dean Reeves, uh, the owners of Mucho Macho Man. So now she's got some partners, but all of a sudden this colt jumped on. He looks like he could run all day long. He looked great. He got a perfect trip set up for him. Yep. Um, and that was an awesome win. However, I will preface that by say, or not preface, I guess, because it's behind, but I will <laughs> asterisk that by saying uh, only five horses have won the Sam F. Davis and have gone on to win the Tampa Bay Derby. None since 2001. And I don't remember the last Tampa Bay Derby winner to win the Derby. Do you? I can't. I can't off the top okay. of my head, nor do I feel like researching that. But listen, you have to give credit where credit <laughs> is due. And I think anybody listening out there probably wish they owned Sol What's wrong with own owning Sol Volante right now? I mean, nothing. 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 Exactly. He's on his way to the next step. The Derby is a long road. It is a process. We, we mm -hmm. you know, horses just blossom as they get closer we don't know which way these horses are going to go there's horses out there that we might not have even seen this year um you know there's dennis's moment is about to make right. his three-year-old debut in the fountain of youth which, stakes on way, february 29th rider flavian pratt flavian pratt will be aboard because ired ortiz will be in saudi arabia yeah so All right. go um, ahead keep going sorry Okay, no. so then the Endeavor uh, on the undercard was supposed to be the comeback race of Got Stormy. However, it was a comeback race that will now be a footnote because she was beaten by Jehoza Cat. Yes, beaten by Jehoza Hat. And uh, 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 they, the, the winner, who is um, it's owned by, uh, um, what are their names? I, I can't remember right now. Uh, oh, Roy and Gretchen uh, Jackson, the Jacksons, who also owned the late Barbaro, if you remember those silks, uh, trained by uh, Arnold Delacour Arno and ridden by Daniel Santano, who had a huge day that day. Yeah, he did. Um, and that, that mare had shown that she really liked Tampa. She was a clear winner last time. She got loose on the lead, and they weren't going to catch her. He won the race in the turn when he started to like, just sprint away and like got a total head start on everybody else going. Got Stormy was really rank in the beginning, but that's kind of how she seems to be until she gets cover. I would have liked to see her be just let's be running honest. up close and you know she whatever. needed the race. Okay, she we're gonna see probably. we're gonna see a much better and much stronger Got Stormy. And rumor has it, Michelle, she may be coming out to California to run in the Kilro Grade One Kilro Mile on oh. on Big Cap Day, March seventh. Well, so let's see. She's already um, ran in two Grade Ones over here, and she won one and ran second in one. So I there think that she, I think she likes Southern California. She does like Southern California. She likes the beach. Right. Yeah. She likes the beach. Okay. Then the uh, Tampa Bay Stakes went to Admiralty Pier. That was a nice photo finish. Three horses on the wire. That was a big price race for the NHC players. Um, and 
did not. Chad Brown had a couple horses flying late that just didn't get through at Tampa. Yeah, Admiral Admiralty Pier, owned by Hooli Racing Stable and Bruce Lunsford. He's won five of 18 starts, also for the same uh, jockey trainer connection. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yes. No, wait, was it, was it Arno? Yes. Yeah. I think, no. Was it Arno Delacour? I think so. Or did he own the Philly, too? Or train the Philly, I too? I think he did okay. both. Uh, and then, speaking of the Philly, Lucrezia, I loved her in the Sun Coast, which does have Oaks points on the line, actually. Um, and she was she paid, I think, $13, and she looked great in her victory. I'm we'll sorry. You're right. You're right. Next. It's Santana and Delacour with, with the three-year-old Philly with Lucrezia, not with Admiral Okay, Lupert. and not MRTP, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You were right. I don't know. I don't remember who trained him, that horse, though. We'll find out. Okay. Um, and then up in New York, the Jimmy Winkfield. Montauk traffic. So all of a sudden, Linda Rice, we talked about her last week having one derby type. Now she's got two. Yeah. Good for her. She can right. train. Let me ask you a question, yeah, Michelle. She can train. Let me ask you a question. Um, you can't have Baffert, but you could have anybody else training a derby prospect, and it can't be your husband. So no Baffert and no your husband. Who, who are you picking with a really good three-year-old Colt right now? <laughs> Brad Cox. He's Brad Cox. Everything. <laughs> okay. I like it. I wouldn't I'll have said that. Oakland prepping, and then I would say Robertino Diodoro because he's winning at like 48%. <laughs> right. And, well, we don't want to go there. I mean, the show is not about controversy. But, uh, okay. A um, lot of good stuff. Um, okay. The King Cotton also went to share the upside, beating Whitmore out. Uh, share the upside, a sprinter from the Steve Asmussen barn. Whitmore obviously making his return for 2020 and eh, you know, he's been beat before. No big deal. I feel like he can always move forward from there. Um, but speaking of a really great 2020 return, how about by my standards? He looked awesome. He looks so good, right? Yes. He, he looked very good defeating probably not a, a great field of allowance yeah, horses, but, he, but he won so easily. And he was the member. He was kind of the Derby darling last year. And we had, yeah. um, we had his owner on our show. Yes. Yeah. So we uh, did. <clears throat> one, you know, one more race to talk about, too. Okay, Billy. go ahead. The Lost Virginist. Oh, what a beautiful race. That was awesome. Who was it won by? It was won by Venetian Harbor. Yep. She sprinted to the front in her first try around two turns and against Stakes Company and first time versus winners. And she went like 46 and change. And then she went uh, really Bobby fast. Said, easy girl easy and she slowed right on down which i was like no because then every like she had had a huge like what five six length lead yes and he slowed her down and i'm like no because everyone got close to her then and then but she just opened no up no need to fear she Bye-bye. turned back for home and opened back up and that she literally finished the race in a canter, canter. yeah owned by sigalia like, racing our good friend our end. good friend uh Josie Aglia, Highland Yard, yeah. Dominique Savitas, and River Oak Farm. Um, Larry Zapp is involved in this horse somehow. I think he maybe picked her out as a yearling. I, I could be wrong. I want to get my facts straight. Trained by Richie Baltus, who was having a career year after his career year last year. I know Richie is very excited about this filly. Um, and there was an interesting, I don't know if you saw it, uh, Alex Evers took a picture of her with her. She lost her, a shoe in the race. Oh yeah, and there's a great picture right of the shoe the half all yeah, yeah falling off, which is incredible that she was able to run, race the way she did with three shoes on. That'd be like you and I racing with one shoe on, and mm-hmm. it's not easy. Is well, it? and it's sprung especially too, which I think makes it worse than losing one because then when you step back, if it's like just a little bit crooked, dangling, and it's like ooh. Michelle, uh, we were talking about kind of comeback stories, and you know who's having a really good Oakland meet? 
Who? Joe Talamo. Our good friend yeah. Joe Talamo. He's really he doing he well down there. And I just, I wanted to throw it out there that congratulations to him and Elizabeth and the kids. I know that took a, took pro- a lot for him to move, but uh, looks like it's paying off in spades. So Joe, keep up the good work. Uh, you're listening to the Horse Ownership Experience. We're going to get Sean Duggan on the line right now, and we'll be right back after this. Come join us at Santa Anita for exciting live thoroughbred action from now until June 21st. And with our new Ultimate Fan Experience, you can get immersed in Santa Anita like never before. Your Ultimate Experience package includes a meet and greet with a trainer at their barn in the morning, breakfast at Clocker's Corner, a box for the day, and an afternoon tour including visiting track announcer Frank Miramati in the announcer's booth. For upcoming events, guarantees, and everything that's happening at the great race place, visit SantaAnita.com events. Welcome back to the Horse Ownership Experience. We can hear you. We have a very special guest today. It's Sean Duggan. Michelle, it is Sean's birthday. She is 22 years old today. We are very (laughs) excited that she. Yes, we are very excited that she's joined the show. Sean is an amazing bloodstock agent. She works with her husband primarily, Neil Drysdale, the great Neil Drysdale. Uh, Sean, but before we get into all that, just tell us a little bit about how you got started in, in the game. Uh, probably like the two of you, just for the love of the horse, initially. And um, as I ran into my 20s, which is now 48 years ago, um, <laughs> I decided to try to figure out how I could work with horses uh, to make a living. So that's how it came about. And I was always going to the races when I was little because I lived in Del Mar, and uh, there you go. Oh, I didn't know that. You're that actually from way. Del Mar. Uh, very rare that this is the case, but yes. Well, where does your accent come from? Hanging out with me. Well, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> and almost as old as she, sadly. So um, you're, you're anyway, hanging out no. at Del Mar. <laughs> let, wait, let me get this straight. You're hanging out at Del Mar. You love the horses. You're going there with your family, your friends, and you say, I, I need to be in this industry. What are the steps that you took to, to actually become Sean Dugan and become this bloodstock agent and owner? So, that, funny enough, Sean Dugan um, was very lazy in school. I won't say I was stupid, but I am a natural blonde. And I was finally, finally convinced that the only thing I could do was to move to Europe where my father was living. And that's where I got into the racing side of things. Because um, I always rode. And when I was living in initially Ireland, um, our neighbors had some racehorses and I started riding out in the morning when I was 18. So that's how it initially really started. And, and then from there I moved to France. Um, to Chantilly, and I was going to school in Paris, and so I rode out on the weekends in Chantilly as well, and that, as you well know, is heaven on earth for horses, um, and it came, came about that I met Emmanuel Desiru and his wife, Laura, and after a period of, well, I think probably a number of years of socializing, um, it, there was time to make a change to come back to America. And they offered me a job, and I was—I actually worked for for Emmanuel and Laura for, I think, three and a half years, and that's how the bloodstock side of my passion uh, was kind of put more into concrete, shall we say? So, what what were you doing for? Now, was this the like the Azari days, or 
put it, put it in a little context of when no, it was you before. St- it was before Azari. It was before Azari, yes. And what um, was your role? It was, uh, you name it, I did it. I was pretty much an indentured slave. He taught me everything I know. And as I say to him, it, as Charlie Whittingham would say, I didn't. He, well, it wasn't. He taught me everything I know, but I didn't teach him everything I know. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We stayed very good friends. In fact, Emmanuel's got some horses with, with Neil today, as we speak. And uh, as you well know, Laura's just like, she's a proper champion with regards to anything involving racing. But I was there before uh, she started training. So it was the time of all of his Japanese owners and uh, Sultan Al-Kabir and, uh, and, of course, Alan Paulson, who he was... Uh, managing and just it was a big big eye-opener and right i was thrown straight into the the top end of things what did with you regard to bloodstock what did you take out of though that education that you have put into your way of doing business and your school of thought because obviously you are one of the most successful bloodstock agents i've seen you at the sales you have unbelievable clients and you're buying you know top class thoroughbreds what what are the what are the little tidbits that you learned um so i i i went around with laura and we did the shortlist and for emmanuel for the three years but i've always loved the aesthetics of of the race of the horse you know the the movement. I mean, it's basically, as you well know, because you're doing it yourself as, as well, Billy. Um, sure. You just like to see them be fluid. You want to see movement, athleticism, and basically try to stay away. And with Neil as a trainer, uh, he knows what can stay sound or what is more likely not to have a, a, a physical setback. What he can accept and what he can't accept are are two very solid things. And, uh, and then there's a gray area in the middle. You know, you see a horse that you love and it's maybe not perfect in front, but you go for it anyway because of other factors. So that's between, you know, walking around with, with Neil for the last 20 years and, and before that with Emmanuel and Laura, you just you kind of learn what, to, what, what suits you as a style of a horse. Sean, who, has more, like a, who has more pull, you or Neil? Um, in at home, like what we make for dinner. <laughs> or... If you're buying a horse and you're like, I love it, and Neil's like, eh, I'm not completely sold. Do you buy it? No, God, no, because he's he's been doing this far longer than I have. I I respect every minute of his opinion, and I think that that it should be a group effort. Um, I do have I have a really really fabulous client, and I'm very very lucky to have her. Um. And she and I discussed the horses together, and she's got an amazing eye, um, and she and I buy them together. Neil doesn't get involved in that one particular client, but everybody else, it's, it's always nice to have a second opinion, and you, you learn things every single day. The one sad thing about our industry is every day you're going to learn that you don't know as much as you thought you knew, yep. and you have to stay humble. Because they're always going to prove you wrong. 
and you oh, just oh, have absolutely. to stay respectful. You know, staying on that, what Michelle said, it is interesting because you do work with your husband. Is it is it hard because you're you're together so much? I know you do travel a lot, but when you are home and you are uh, uh, buying horses or going to sales, and then you have to you know sleep in the same room, are there how how difficult is that, or is that something that's just actually after twenty years, it's just easy? It's that easy. I mean, you're Billy. You've been with your lovely wife for how long? Twenty five years. How's that going for you? I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, this... I don't think any relationship, whether it's professional or personal, is ever a smooth ride. But what I what I do know is, if uh, I would never, ever, ever infringe on Neil's opinion with regard to the, the daily training. I mean, this weekend we had a really, really lovely result with a Medagliadoro filly who uh, who he's he's done so well with. She's. Probably Can I just interrupt real nice quick to say that that filly was absolutely stunning? What was her desert, <laughs> desert, desert, desert oasis. oasis? Yeah, and she was coming off a long yeah. layoff. Well, I, I, I bought her in at Tattersalls as a yearling, and she initially spent her first two years in France. And at the end of her three-year-old year, it was decided with with uh, Sheikh Fatima, who's Al Shara. Uh, who owns her, that we should send her to America and try her here because she just wasn't getting it done over there. And uh, and Neil's, Neil's work is magic. I mean, this is... She, she had a, a long layoff because she was initially sick when she arrived, and then she had a bit of a setback after she won in August. But, I mean, as you know, you're working with the trainers you trust. If there's an issue, just give the horse the time to, to recuperate, you know? We... We we need to give them time, and when they're ready to run, that's when you run. And uh, and I trust Neil implicitly for for his judgment on these issues. So he, that really yeah, that, had I I think that, that's, that's why she was yeah she was that's, out. that that and makes she was perfect back sense. In and, and you know it well. I mean, God, well, your, we, your, yeah, we always your say, record this year is insane. Well, thank you. But do do right by the horse, and the horse will do right by you. And that's kind of yeah. that, that's what you have to do in this business. But let's go back. Give us a little um, – uh, give us some idea of the horse. Now, you, you talked about fluidity and motion. Uh, give us some specifics that, that you look for. Take us through. You're at a sale. The, uh, the consigner brings out a horse that you've requested. And, and what's, what's kind of the first couple things that you look for? for well it's all over i mean you see that it's a it's a i mean and it's so it's such a it's difficult to, to to put a description on it but it's the way the horse moves i mean you want you want to see a good stretch you want to see a deep shoulder you want to see you know you want to see it coming up up under itself you just want it to have an easy attitude not be too worried about what's going on around it. I mean, you're watching a yearling walk um, and you're buying it off of the walk. I mean, and we're supposed to be, you know, buying horses that run faster than the others, but you can, clearly can't see any, right. any, see any of that uh, as, at a yearling sale. Um, you, well, that, you get a much better idea. Me, I was going to say, do you prefer the yearling sale over the two-year-old sales? The only the, the only issue I have with the two year old sales is I do think that they're I'd like to I I'd like to just do away with uh, with the undue breathing. I don't think it it doesn't need to they don't need to go in ten flat 
natural, you know, to, right. to, to be good horses. I mean, the, you know, we bought some really good ones that went down in 10 and three or something, you know, Sure. but I get it. It's a, it's a different, that's a different business. It's a different issue. And you know, the, those pin hookers are very, very good at their jobs. They're already, they're already, you know, they're already culling. They're selecting the best physicals that they can find at yearling sales. Right. So it's there. There's a niche for it. There's a there's definite market for it. I get it. One it's, of it's uh, stop. Difficult yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. You you do own several horses as well. Um, what are the ones that you end up keeping for yourself, or when you're when you're out buying, do you think, "Ooh, I want this one." Well, thank you, Michelle, for bringing up a sore subject with my husband. Um, <laughs> no, we we sometimes get in on a horse just uh, because because you want to be in on a horse. Not, I, believe me, I I shouldn't be owning any horses. Um, and there's no criteria against for why we own a peaceful horse. Um, I mean, a really good one we had years ago, Liberian Trader with oh, Chuck Winner. He was, that was just, uh, that was a complete chance that we were able to get that horse. Eddie Nahum owned him and wanted us to have him, to, 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 for Neil to train him and I to own a piece of him in exchange for the training fees. And he ended up being a really, really fun horse. And poor Mr. Nahum died in the middle of it. And, uh. Chuck Eddie. came in, and we we had such a good time with him. But well, that was, except you had a great time with him, except before chance. except before every single race he ran in, where he refused to go in the post parade. Uh, well, thank God for John O'Donohue, <laughs> Neil's uh, <laughs> devoted assistant, who was the only guy who could get along with that horse. In fact, he's the only one who gets along with Neil in the morning as well. You can ask any jockey's agent that. For a fact, <laughs> true that John is kind of the arbiter of the Drysdale barn, and he's a delight. And he's been with John for I for a very like I, better part of three decades. So yeah, this Sean, is, he's a <laughs> he's you know? a good man. Sean, this is the, our show is called the Horse Ownership Experience. So talk about can you give us one great experience let's talk about racing or an ownership experience that you have that just sticks out in your mind that was just over the top exciting and give our audience a little taste of that of my own that i own yes or that you yeah. bought or i guess I, if you bought one yeah if you bought one yeah, like I billy mean, lives vicariously through his pin hooks absolutely yeah there's just there's uh thank god i can say this today and 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 honestly mean it i there's there's too many to name every time you go out there i don't care what horse it is we i bought a horse i i was given a horse for a dollar and um <laughs> i'm just trying to remember his name now he was so sweet he won like three races for us and it was just it, they were small races any anytime you win a, a race is god we we were you know part of seraphan seraphan was second in the japan cup that was crazy we went around the world with him, Dubai, Hong Kong, back east. He won the firecracker in, in Louisiana, um, won so many races out here. And he was such a easy horse to be around. In fact, he's, he, he became a show horse after that, as did Liberian Trader, by the way. Wow. He's like winning races, or not races, winning uh, these, these jumping competitions after being so unruly before going into the gate he ended up being that's a cool 15 year old uh, cool. 
Jumping horse, yeah. M- Michelle and, and I talk all the so, time about aftercare. And I think it's important that you just mentioned two of your favorite horses and two of your best horses that did yeah. have a career after the races. It sounds like it's an important thing Absolutely. to you, too. Fire with fire. That, that horse won, was second in the Whittingham or third in the Whittingham. He won like 500000 for us. And he's, he's somebody's, somebody's uh, show horse up in Santa Inez. I mean, we try to do that the whole time. Alice Bamford, who owns a bunch of horses, her mom is... Lady Bamford, they've they've won every big racer to win. Um, she's got a place called One Gun Ranch up in Malibu, and they've taken four of our ex racehorses. And I was up there with my daughter two weeks ago riding Achilles, who was a really really good horse for Neil. Um, and we're up in the Malibu Mountains now, and they're That's awesome. you know. Yeah. Very I have cool. to ask, do you miss riding out? I mean, is that something that you just think, oh, well, it was great, you know, the time lasted, but, or do you nowadays think, oh, I just want to get Michelle, on that course? Michelle, I'm, I, I have Velcro tennis shoes now. I have a hard time <laughs> doing Sean, anything. I, I have seen tennis. you walk around. I, I can see you on a horse. <laughs> I play tennis and I ski. That, that's, those are my two fun hobbies. But no, riding is great. I can get on a horse today, but I'm not going to risk my life and anybody else's uh, again. No. We've, <laughs> no. we've now, guys, Sean. I, I'm going to have to leave you because no, we're going. I was just going to say goodbye. I know. Cake. I know you have guests, and I know you have a birthday cake. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Give us one last second. Give us one second, Sean. Especially for some of the owners out there that are listening and trying to get into the game. What advice would you give them? Go with people you trust. Uh, get your friends involved um, to spread the risk and uh, and see the horses in the morning. Get out there and get to know your horse. And, and that's where you really enjoy it. I think that's great advice. Sean Dugan, happy birthday. Thank you so much for coming happy on today. And, and go enjoy your Thank cake. Thank you, Billy. All Thank right, you, guys. Michelle. Thanks. Sean see Dugan. You soon. Here on Bye. the horse. Bye. Here on the horse ownership experience, Thank Michelle. You. I had no idea she was How actually nice from. How come on on her birthday? I love it, and I. By the way, I didn't know that she was from Delmar. I always assumed she was from overseas. Well, because well, she spent a lot of time overseas. I right. mean, that's where the accent came in, right? Like of course. By osmosis. I think you know we have talked so often about trust, mm-hmm. and it's really really important when you get into this game you need to do you know background checks and and you can't just meet a guy out for dinner one night and say yeah you're my guy like oh that's what happened with peter miller though and rocking i know but i think nowadays you really got to like you know talk to people and and make sure you're in the relationship there's just i think she's right though you got to get with people that you trust and you know she she's always there with her friends she has a great time, and I think that uh, obviously she's been very successful. I know she loves Toinette. I was thinking she was going to say a Toinette story. Um, well, you know, my favorite horse that they had was Spokane Eagle, and I was actually just wondering what happened to him because I haven't seen him lately, and he shows up on the overnight at Oakland. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But Sean Dugan, good guest. Michelle, we have a lot of stuff going on this weekend. We have some big races coming up, uh, especially at Fairgrounds. It's a okay, huge day. Well, at Fairgrounds, we've got the Risen Star, and there were so many horses entered, they split it into two divisions. So we have Enforceable, who was, he actually is at the top of my derby list right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, and so you get to see him in action, as well as a No Dior, who is shipping out there for that. And like, I mean, it's 28 horses. It's a 
yeah. who fulfills the 14. So there's a ton of horses in there. I, you know, we pin, wait, Sean mentioned our pinhook. You know, we pinhooked a new door. Oh, good job for yeah, you. Good I job. mentioned your pinhook. Good job actually, for you. Really. Oh, sorry. Um, so we're rooting for him. Here locally at Santa Anita, Friday is Valentine's Day. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. Thanks. We're having Valentine's at the races and the turf terrace, and that is Friday and Saturday. It's also $2 beers on Friday, like usual, and free admission to get in. Saturday um, is another one of the My Racehorse Ownership Experience Days, as well as Valentine's. Uh, the Santa Monica Steak is the feature, and there's also, at night, the That's a Stretch comedy show starring uh, several comedians, including our very own Jay Cohen, the really? Googler. Interesting. And if you buy tickets to that, you get into the races in the clubhouse all day free. And then um, the Sunday is the Sweet Life Stakes, which is a grade three. And then we do have racing this Monday That's because right. it's President's Day. Holiday racing. That's Let's right. be there. So we have um, dollar beers, dollar sodas, $2 hot dogs, and the steak is the wishing well. Dollar, dollar beers, y'all. Um, so that's what we have going on. You said it so much better than I said it. Oh, and Billy, we have to tell people that we have a new website. Oh, we do. We, Michelle, Michelle made a website for us. How do people go there? They can go to, it's called theownahorsepodcast.com. Theownahorsepodcast.com. You can also follow us at ownahorse on Twitter, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. You can email me, billy at littleredfeather.com. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Santa Anita, TaylorMade, Delmar. Um, it is, it's really been a good meet so far, Michelle, at Santa Anita. I mean, obviously yeah. field size is down, but I think the races have been really good, really competitive. The stakes, uh, the ho- the big horses are coming out. It was great to see Nadal. We talked about that earlier. And uh, it's going to be, it, it's, we're coming up on some big days. So um, head out to Santa Anita when you can. It's still the great race place and, and it's a beautiful environment. I took a couple people out there last week, week, Michelle, I think on Friday, and they just could not believe the view. They could not okay. believe the mountains. And, um, you know, let us know if you want to do something on the backstretch, you want to bring some friends out, you let us know and, and we'll take good care of you. So, Absolutely. Michelle, uh, great job again, as always. We'll be back next week and uh, check out our website, theownahorsepodcast.com. Uh, yeah. Michelle, we will uh, talk to you next Tuesday. Sounds good. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.